Phil, that was uh, Igor Kufire, and he said that was at least from a uh, with a Russian accent, properly uh, <laughs> pronounced. But very, very interesting Kufayev. guy. Currently in Mallorca, Spain, but you know he started out, I think, in 1996 in TM, and then he uh, went into different areas. He was with Muktananda. He was with uh, he did uh, Tantric, uh, and I think that's his direction now. But uh, he has uh, attracted a sizable audience. Yeah, and uh, I, it was interesting because um, he counts Maharshi and uh, Muktananda as uh, two of his important teachers, but never met either of them. Uh, you know, he was, uh, and I find that that kind of phenomenon of people connecting with an important teacher on a deep level, even in their absence. I've seen people who have. Well, in Igor's case, you know, his connection to Mukananda is many years after Mukananda uh, passed away. I've seen many, I've seen other people uh, take on Neem Karoli Baba as their guru, and, you know, he died in the 70s. Right. So yeah, I think it's a fascinating thing. That's the power of the teacher. I mean, look at the Buddha or Christ yeah. or, you know, um, thousands of years later, people are still uh, responding to the teaching. And, and it's interesting uh, it's almost uh, more interesting when that takes place because when a person's alive, you can really get caught up in the personality and the personality cult, and uh, and and that uh, can at times be a distraction from the actual teaching. Uh, whereas if you come to it later after the person has passed, and <clears throat> then the teaching uh, is what is dominant. And, and I think a lot of teachers have pointed that out. A lot of gurus over the yeah. years, you know. Uh, don't get, I don't know the words they use, but don't get so caught up in my personality, what I wear, what I do, and so on and so forth. Uh, and uh, what I'm really here to do is is, yeah. is teach. So and and and, and but there, and there's an also an important difference. I, I don't want to take too much time with this, but there are people, you know, they'll learn uh, uh, some practices that the teacher offered, and that is. Uh, followers or disciples continue to offer and and it's practice oriented or they'll read the books or watch the videos of the teacher but then there's people who also have some deep strong personal connect feeling of connection to the teacher right almost as if he were a presence physically and and that that's what i got from reading uh, igor's uh, biography um, and and that's a different level of connection that right, I right. think is interesting to explore. He he, um, um, he mentions that when Marshy passed in two thousand and eight, he physically, you know, emotionally, uh, yeah. spiritually felt that in in a, in a big way. So there was some connection, obviously. And 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 by the way, he was with Marshy and Yogananda. And there's a famous picture. Right? Somebody showed it to me recently. Muktananda. Uh, Muktananda. That's right, Muktananda and Yogananda meet, and um, and Marjorie. No, 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 hold it. Yogananda and Maharishi. What's that? You said Yogananda. No, I I meant Muktananda. Yeah. Muktananda and Maharishi meeting. I saw a picture of that recently. But anyway, um, where did you first encounter Igor? Um, I was at a uh, science and non-duality conference a number of years ago, and uh, he's... uh, uh, a friend of Rick Archer's, who, our, our mutual friend, and 
Uh, I met him through Rick, and we had uh, just a you know a, a interesting uh, dinner conversation, that sort of thing. And then uh, I, I heard uh, increasingly about his work. And then uh, somebody I respect a lot was in L.A., and it turned out uh, he'd been uh, taking, uh, spending a lot of time with Igor as a, as a student um, uh, in, in Igor's semin- uh, workshops and retreats, and uh, thought very highly of him. And uh, so we got together and uh, we had a nice conversation, the three of us. And, uh, uh, you know, I, and then I heard him on Rick Archer's uh, Buddha at the Gas Pump. So, you know, I came to think, you know, Igor has a lot to offer and he's um, getting uh, increasing uh, attention from, you know, people in the spiritual community and people. <clears throat> not just newcomers to spiritual path who get, uh, you know, attracted to a, a, a teacher, but he's, he's got a lot of people who are veterans, you know, people who've been uh, on, uh, on the path for decades. Uh, and he seems to have something uh, of value to offer, offer them in furthering or accelerating their development. So um, he seems to draw from a lot of sources and from his own uh, experience, which is, uh, from everything I can gather, uh, uh, quite profound. Right. He's very articulate. And he does mention that even from uh, early stages of his life, he had uh, those experiences. Uh, I want you to uh, just comment uh, on uh, what he was speaking about when he spoke about Tantra. And often when people yeah. think of Tantra, they think of sex. They think yeah. of a dark side to it. But he, he brought it out in a different light. Well, you know, uh, I think people are very uh, behind the the curve on Tantra. You're right, it it got sort of became synonymous with sexual uh, practices uh, in a spiritualized context. And, you know, traditionally, excuse me, in the Tantric traditions and literature, there is some element of that. But it's a small thing, and it's and it's done in a in a quite disciplined and sacred context. But tantra itself is is, is a vast body of uh, texts and teachings, and uh, too little understood and um, uh, accessible to to people in the West, but increasingly so. And 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 the essential core of of tantra is that everything is sacred and and they uh, sort of dissolve the boundaries between the transcendent and the uh, material and the the whole the basic orientation is to use everything in the material world the relative world uh, to view it as sacred and use it as an opportunity to connect you know access the divine um, and so there were ancient practices around sex and, and other aspects of ordinary daily life. Uh, but it's a very powerful, you know, the, the, it's a, it's a, there's a great diversity within Tantra. Right. And, and I think a lot of the gurus we're familiar with uh, had elements of Tantra in their teachings. 
uh, including Maharishi. You know, Maharishi is from uh, you know a, a, a basically a Advaita Vedanta tradition we think of, but uh, there's a, you know in his emphasis on integrating the uh, spiritual and worldly activities and responsibility, that's a very tantric approach. Many of the mantras that are used in uh, people's different meditation uh, practices are from the tantric tradition. And Muktananda was uh, one of the first to bring out aspects of tantra. Yeah, yeah, but Kashmir yeah. Shaivism is a very tantric right. tradition. He, he mentioned Muktananda, and I think you uh, commented on how Muktananda used to just send out uh, good vibes, or, 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 he, darshan or whatever, and, and his, um, uh, I think there was a term for it. and his uh, Okay, and then his disciples would um, verbalize, their bodies would shake, all sorts of things would happen. Often, yeah, and sometimes not. Sometimes it would right. just be deep, deep silence. But yeah, he had that ability it was called Shaktipad. He's, I guess, the one who introduced that concept. It's, it's essentially a transmission of energy, of spiritual energy from the guru to the disciple. And there are different methods, of, excuse me, of doing it. And, um, and Muktananda had a very sort of almost theatrical, it would, on the surface it seemed theatrical, he would walk around with a peacock feather while people were meditating and chanting, and he would whap them <laughs> with the peacock right. feather, and this transmission would happen. Right. And some, some gurus just do it uh, with a glance, or mm -hmm. just sitting and in, in, in quietly transmitting yeah. this. We, we had, we've had a few uh, folks from that tradition, from Muktananda, uh, 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 disciples of, or one-time disciples of Muktananda on, so... Um, yeah. yeah. All right, so... Another, oh, yeah, another Sally thing. Kempton is a good representative. Yeah. She she we interviewed her early on. Um, anyway, Igor, I I found you know his his work fascinating and he fascinating. And one of the things I I didn't get to ask him about, but people people can find this online. When I was preparing for the interview, uh, there was a, a very interesting uh, video of him talking about the use of of beauty, the perception of beauty in uh, spiritual uh, development or as a spiritual practice. And I found that very interesting, this sort of uh, perception of, of, of beauty. And he has a, a background as an artist, so it's probably very uh, tuned to that. Yeah, actually, if you Wikipedia uh, him, uh, he, he has quite an extensive background in art you can read about. And was uh, extremely successful. He mentions that, yeah, and then, yeah. Uh, took a, a slightly different direction. But that uh, you know that artistic nature is still there. And like I mentioned before, he's very articulate and is a very charming, engaging personality. So uh, we should have him on again because yeah, I'd like that. We could discuss. Uh, all right, Phil. Uh, another another <laughs> good one in the books or on the podcast, <laughs> and uh, uh, many more to come. All righty.